Happy Easter. Now, most of my Easter's have been in person for church. And one of the things I love about Easter is the enthusiastic singing. And with big crowds, we know our voice will get drowned out. So we all feel free to sing as loud as we can. And uh, I also love the music on Easter from the band or special groups. And one of my favorite things to listen to is great voices that blend together in perfect harmony, whether it's a duet or a group or even a whole choir. Even those of us who can't carry a tune appreciate beautiful harmonies when we hear it. And we also recognize when harmonies go wrong. So imagine yourself as a judge on the reality show X Factor having to listen to this. Kiss today goodbye The sweetness and the sorrow Wish me luck the same to you Wake me up before you go, go Leave me hanging on like a yo-yo Wake me up Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about no, no, no? <laughs> I'm starting by talking about harmony and disharmony because it's central to our big idea this Easter. There's a Hebrew word that's used over and over again in the Bible that describes how God intended us from the very beginning to live. And it's this word, shalom. In the English language, it's most often translated as peace. Now, when I think about peace, I tend to think of like the absence of conflict or freedom from disturbance. But the Hebrew term is much more dynamic than that. Shalom means something closer to harmony. It describes being rightly related to each other. So shalom is the harmony between family members when they love and enjoy each other's company. Shalom is the harmony between coworkers when they link arms in a common cause. Shalom is the harmony between neighbors who live in genuine community. And shalom is the harmony between you and God when you're rightly related. And shalom, or in harmony, is exactly how God created the world to be. And when God created Adam and Eve, he created them with shalom in mind. They were intended to live in perfect harmony with God, harmony with each other, and in perfect harmony with all of God's creation. But a problem occurs early on in human history. Harmony is broken. Adam and Eve are tempted, and they choose life without God. And instead of singing on key, like those contestants on the X Factor, Adam and Eve went flat, or, or maybe sharp. And disharmony enters the world. And that disharmony created this cacophony of consequences for them. They no longer had access to God. They no longer could trust each other. And the reverberations of that lack of harmony echoed throughout all of history to every person and place to this very day. In fact, I think the Bible's explanation of a lack of harmony helps explain much of what we see around us today. You only have to check out the news to become aware of the lack of harmony globally. It was a little over a year ago, 
that Russia invaded Ukraine. And that disharmony has resulted in over 40,000 civilian fatalities. That's 40,000 deaths. Families who don't have a mom or dad, parents who are grieving at a son or daughter's funeral, and so much hurt and so much pain. I have a friend in Lviv, Ukraine. Uh, Yaroslav's his name. He's the president of a Christian college there. But since the invasion, the college has also become a refuge for mostly women and children to provide them shelter and food. And about 250 people every day come through. And once they get them fed and give them a good night to sleep, they'll take them to a neighboring country like Poland for safety. And I've talked to Yaroslav several times over the last year, and you can, you can just see kind of the, the toll the war is taking on him and the people around him as they try to bring harmony into a world of disharmony. But here's the thing. It's not just Russia and Ukraine in a disharmonious disagreement. There are wars and ethnic violence also taking place in Afghanistan, Algeria, Benin, Burkina Faso, Cameroon, Central African Republic, Chad, Colombia, Congo, Ethiopia, Ghana, Iraq, the Ivory Coast, Libya, Mali, Mozambique, Myanmar, Niger, Nigeria, Somalia, South Sudan, Syria, Tanzania, Tunisia, Uganda, Yemen. 26 countries. Let that sink in. 26 countries where there's ethnic violence and war. And here's the thing. It's not just out there, this disharmony. It's also right in here, in our community, in our workplaces, in our friendships, and in our families. There's a lack of harmony relationally. The Pew Research Center has developed a tool that can measure relational conflict. And here's what they found out about the United States today. They said the United States stands out among 17 advanced economies as one of the most conflicted when it comes to questions of social unity. A large majority of Americans say there are strong political and strong racial and ethnic conflicts in the U.S. and that most people disagree on basic facts. Did you hear that? We disagree about politics. We disagree about race. We disagree about religion. And we can't even agree to disagree. And we really didn't need research to tell us this. We already knew this was true. In, in fact, let me kind of keep it real. Here's how we know. Many of us are going to see family this Easter. Some of them may be with you right now. And here's the truth. While you do love these people, there's conflict. There's a lack of harmony relationally. And this lack of harmony is something we all feel. And what I'm doing, I'm just naming it. We see it globally. We see it relationally. But you know what? We also experience it personally. There's a lack of harmony personally in just about all of us. They're calling 2023 the age of anxiety. And when, when things aren't the way we think they should be or the way we want them to be, what it does is it creates anxiety. And some of us, this anxiety comes from this inner conflict that's like a tug of war, pulling us one way and, and then the other, but leaving us with a knot in our stomach. We believe one thing, but we do another. So for example, we, we may have a real conviction about the priority of relationships, but we find ourselves losing our temper and saying things we regret to family members and friends. 
or, or we have a longing for purpose, but we find ourselves kind of stuck in the daily grind and never able to truly chase our dreams. We have a desire for faith for ourselves and our kids, but we let life get so busy that we fail to make God and church a priority. And the Apostle Paul, he describes this kind of inner tug of war in Romans. He says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Everything about our lives is just screaming for harmony. Our world is crying out for harmony. Our relationships are desperate for harmony. And our own inner life is, is, is longing for harmony. So here's what I want to ask you. What if there was a way to experience this harmony? What if there was a way to find peace? Because see, the good news of Easter, the good news of Easter is that because of Jesus' resurrection, there is a way. We can have peace. Our relationships can have peace. Our world, I believe this, our world can have peace. And I'm convinced that the resurrection of Jesus offers us this peace. Why? Why do I believe that the resurrection can bring genuine harmony and peace? Well, there's this, there's this incredible moment on that very first Easter that's recorded in the Gospel of John. Jesus' disciples are huddled together. I want you to picture them, okay? They're filled with anxiety. They're scared to death. <laughs> there, there's no peace. They, they, they've started hearing rumors of Jesus' body that is, is it's no longer in the tomb. And, and they're scared that the Roman officials are going to blame them for the disappearance. And, and they're scared the Jewish leaders are going to kill them just like they did Jesus. All this fear was bottled up in this room as they stood around kind of bewildered trying to figure out what do we do next? And John's gospel describes what happens next. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Imagine this, Jesus comes and stands among them and says, peace be with you. It, it, it's the Hebrew word shalom. In, in the middle of the disciples' anxiety and their fear, Jesus is offering them peace. In the little disciples' own failings, because many of them, they had abandoned Jesus. He offers them a way to experience peace. And please don't miss this, okay? Don't miss this. The very first word Jesus speaks to his disciples after his resurrection, it's not a command, it's a gift. And he stands before them and offers them peace. It's a gift, we don't earn it. Peace is this gift that Jesus offers them to give them shalom in the middle of chaos. Well, the Apostle Paul explains theologically what had just happened to them personally. He says this, Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace or harmony is a gift that's given to us through faith in a resurrected Jesus. Peace is the gift that Jesus wants to give you and I this Easter. And it's through Jesus we can find our way back to God and experience the shalom and harmony. All right. So what does that mean for you? What I want you to do is just imagine the kind of difference that a Jesus-given peace could make in your life, 
could make in your relationships, could make in your world. Now, right now, I'm not asking you to believe it's going to make a difference. Not yet, okay? But what I want you to do, I just, I want to ask you just to kind of step into that possibility. Just imagine, okay? Imagine the resurrected came back to life, Jesus, standing right before you and saying, peace be with you. If Jesus offered you peace, grapple with this. What difference do you think it could make? I think it's peace would make a difference for you personally. I came across a fascinating Harvard University study done by Dr. Uh, Tyler Vanderweel. He oversees the Human Flourishing Program. It's very interesting. As a result of his research, he wrote an op-ed titled, Religion May Be a Miracle Drug. In the article, he asked the question. Here it is. If one can conceive of a single elixir to improve the physical and mental health of millions of Americans at no personal cost, what value would our society place on it? The article goes on to outline the mental and physical health benefits of just simply going to church. He says it would do the following for you. It would reduce your mortality rates by 20 or 30% over a 15-year period. It would reduce the possibility of depression, that you'd actually be less likely to get divorced. You'd be more self-controlled. You'd find a greater purpose in life. And you'd actually generally just be more optimistic. And we really shouldn't be surprised that Harvard research would tell us that. Because after all, it only confirms what Jesus promised when he said this. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And I don't give to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus is saying that his peace isn't like the empty peace based on accolades and accomplishments that the world offers. His peace is a peace that defies circumstances because it comes from an unchanging God who loves us no matter what. And here's the thing. This Easter, Jesus is offering you peace. I want you just to bring to mind, bring to mind right now, what's keeping you up at night? I know, I know for me. Just think about what preoccupies your thinking. You know, what, what stuff that, that you're really worried about, the topics that, that make you anxious. You got it? For all of that, Jesus is offering you his peace. And, and the peace that Jesus is offering you, it, it is an interpersonal peace, but you know what? It's also a, a peace relationally. If you remember, after the resurrection, Jesus appears to the disciples and he says, peace be with you. And then he says something so important next. He says to disciples, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Here, here's the way it works. When you receive and experience that very real and genuine inner peace that comes as a gift from Jesus, then you actually get commissioned to become a peace ambassador. You get to carry that peace with you wherever you go. The Apostle Paul describes it this way. He says, and all of this, it's a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Isn't that what some of your relationships need? What they need is a, a peace ambassador. And God wants to use you. Here's how he wants to use you. To bring peace into your once distant friendships. To bring peace into your marriage that right now, it's filled with conflict. To bring peace into your family that struggles to connect. 
Jesus wants to give us his peace and give it not only to you, but the people you love through you. He's offering you peace relationally. Now, this next thing, I know this is going to be hard for some of us to envision, but, but please go there with me on this Easter morning, all right? I believe Jesus also wants to bring us peace globally. What's the one thing you most would wish for our world today? And I know this is going to sound like a beauty pageant answer, but truth is peace, right? World peace. But wouldn't you love to live in a world where there is no war, not in Ukraine, and not a war in any of the other 26 countries of the world? Wouldn't you love to live in a world where never again do we hear of the breaking news of a mass shooting or a school that's put into lockdown? Wouldn't you love to live in a world where no one is judged because of where you're from or the color of your skin? And wouldn't you love to live in a world where families remain intact and marriages are whole and friendships last? See, this is the kind of shalom that God created, and it's the kind of world that the resurrected Christ came to offer. And it starts with you. It starts with me. And it starts with each of us receiving the peace that Jesus is offering us this Easter. Marvin Willis is someone here at Community who's received that peace from Jesus. Here's his story of how that peace is making a difference in his life. My name is Marvin, and I've been attending community here for a year and a half. You know, I pretty much lost myself. Uh, it started at a young age uh, where I was confused. Um, I was abused as a, as a child um, very badly. I was also uh, sexually um, molested. Then I had trouble throughout my teenage life uh, having to deal with the streets, with gangs. I've been shot at. Uh, beat up as a teenager, which led me to join the military because I just wanted to get away. I had to get shipped over to Iraq. I experienced being shot at over there. I had a, a knife to my throat. Uh, I had a, a soldier that saved my life. And then when I got back, I went through some relationships, married for 22 years, and I had that end by divorce. Uh, that was hurtful for myself and my children. I had a situation where I was hospitalized for pneumonia and almost died. I had COVID in November of 2020. I was hospitalized and on the respirator. Developed cancer in 2021. So all this running in my head, I guess you could say I was, I was lost. Could barely sleep. Didn't want to talk to people. Just would isolate myself. You know, I had all these uh, chances to live again. I reverted back to what I was taught when I was younger and praying to God. And I told myself, I said, you know, I'm going to start getting back involved in church. And I had my brother, Eric Dorsey, who's one of the pastors here. He invited me that very first day. I, I just felt this joy. So I kept attending. They were talking about uh, being baptized. And that day, I wanted to go stand up and uh, raise my hand before God and get closer to Him and just put all that behind me. I know you can't just erase it, but having God by my side, it just brings so much joy and helps me through things. I, I wouldn't change it for anything. When they put me in the water 
and I came out, I remember just seeing a bright light. I felt like this release of the pain that I had and joy that entered in my body. And that's when my happiness started. I feel free and I have the confidence to be around others, to talk to others. I just feel a sense of refreshment throughout my whole body and my mind feels clear. That's the peace that I feel and I, you know, and I thank God for, you know, staying there for me and saying, you know what, I'm not gonna give up on you. I have a purpose for you in this life, you know, and and you're gonna be fine. Here's the good news this Easter, the peace that Marvin has received from Jesus. Jesus is offering you. And if you don't have that peace personally, he's coming to you right now on this Easter, and he's saying, peace be with you. And if you don't have that peace relationally, the resurrected Christ is here right now saying, peace be with you. And if you, like me, long to live in a world that knows true peace, shalom, harmony, Jesus wants to start with you, and he's saying, peace be with you. What I want to do is I want to create some space right now for you to receive that peace. So just hold out your hands like this, would you? Just like this. See, this is a posture for receiving. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to tell Jesus, just tell him you want to receive his peace. And, and just pray a prayer, maybe, maybe something like this. Jesus, I know my life is out of harmony. And I know that I've contributed to the lack of harmony in this world. And I also know I need your peace. And I place my faith in you and your resurrection and ask you to give me peace. Amen. You don't have to pray like that exact prayer, but just a prayer asking for peace. And if you'd like to know more about what receiving peace in your life looks like, we want to help. Just simply scan the QR code on the screen or text the word peace to the number on the screen, and we'll take some next steps together. If you want to discover an inner peace for you personally, just scan the QR code, text the word peace to that number. And if some of your most important relationships, I mean, need harmony and peace, scan the QR code or text the word peace to that number, and together we'll take some next steps. If, like me, you, you want to be part of the solution and bring peace into a disharmonious world, go ahead, just scan that QR code, text the word peace to that number. We want to help. Now, if I stop the message right here, um, it would not be true to Jesus' vision for peace. He didn't just want you to receive his peace he also wanted you to pass on his peace to others. Remember, he wants us to be peace ambassadors. Now, there's this ancient tradition in the church, and you might have experienced this if you went to church growing up, and it's called passing the peace, passing the peace. And the idea is pretty simple. As followers of Jesus, because we've received Jesus' peace, we get to offer that peace to each other. In many churches, they would actually have a time where you would turn to several other people in the church and you would say, peace be with you. And if someone else says it first, and you'd respond, and also with you. 
So as we get ready to go into a time of communion, in the chat room right now, just type in and tell everyone, peace be with you. And if you really want to get into it, because I mean, after all, it's Easter, you can respond to someone who says peace be with you by typing in and say, and also with you, and just type in their name. You got it? So you might be on COTV, you might be on Facebook, you might be on YouTube, but pass the peace. Just type in and tell everyone, peace be with you. And then respond to someone who says, peace be with you by typing in and also with you and type in their name. The resurrection of Jesus means that God has come back to life in Jesus to offer us peace. And now we get to share his peace with each other and take his peace to the world.